All right, well, segueing with our, the, the end of the last series, we're going on a new series, but uh, we're kind of hooking up where, in, in some ways, where we left off. Uh, let's look at Luke 24, verse 44. Luke 24, verse 44. Praise God. Luke 24, verse 44. It says, Then he said to them, These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which are written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And he opened their, un their understanding that they might comprehend the Scriptures. Then he said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in His name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. Verse 49, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. That last verse says, Behold, I send the promise of my Father, talking about the Holy Spirit, upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. And so Jesus is speaking to his disciples before he ascends into heaven. And these are instruction, his instructions. He says to wait. Tarry means wait. We don't use that, ter that word. Today, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. 1 Corinthians 2, verse uh, 1. Let's look at that briefly and we're going to go on. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 1. says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God, for I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I was with you in weakness and fear and in much trembling, and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God." You notice in verse 4 and 5 in that, and then what we read in Luke, you see the word power over and over. Verse 4 says, And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1. Let's read that. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1. 
It says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles, carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus a curse, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the Spirit of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. Verse 1 said, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant or without knowledge. And then skipping down to verse 31 of chapter 12, it says, But earnestly desire the best gifts, and yet I show you a more excellent way. And then he goes into you know, chapter 13 is talking about love. But it says, but earnestly desire the best gifts. In the NIV, it says, now eagerly desire the greater gifts. In the Amplified, it says, but earnestly desire and zealously cultivate the greatest and best gifts and graces, the higher gifts and the choicest graces. So we're going to start a new series uh, tonight, and I believe we're going to call it uh, endued with power. Endued with power. Back in uh, Luke 24, verse 49. Let's read that one more time. The first verse we put up. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Jesus was specifically talking about the infilling of the Holy Spirit. You notice we read in 1 Corinthians 2, we don't have to turn there. He, uh, Paul said, My speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and a power that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And then we read here in 1 Corinthians 12, talking about the different gifts of the Spirit. And we're going to get into those things. And so I wanted to give you kind of an overview of where we're going. Tonight, though... We're going to talk specifically about the, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Because all these things, that's the gateway into these gifts. And, uh, you know, last time we, we uh, in our, at the end of our last series, we were talking about praying in the Spirit. Uh, and about being led. And so we're kind of segueing with that. Um, let's look at uh, Mark 16, verse 14. Actually, well, let's just go straight to Acts, and then we'll come back maybe to Mark. But Acts 1, verse 4. Go ahead and turn to Acts. Look in your Bible, because we're going to be in Acts. We're going we're to go through uh, quite a few verses of Scripture there.
we'll go to Acts, but um, on the way, let's go over to you. I, we were just in 1 Corinthians, but I'm going to read a couple of scriptures from 1 Corinthians 14. We read these last time, but um, in this context. First Corinthians 14, I'll just read a few of these to you. Um, 14 verse 2 says, He who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the Spirit, he speaks mysteries. Talked about this some last time. In the Spirit, when you're speaking, you're speaking to God, you're speaking mysteries. Mysteries not to God, but to you. Mysteries maybe to the people around you, but you're speaking out mysteries. Uh, verse 14 says, For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, 1 Corinthians 14, 14 says, For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. But Paul here is talking about praying in other tongues. And in verse 18, he says, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. Talking about the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Talking about being filled with the Spirit of God. So if we go over to Acts 1, verse 4, we see where this, where this began. And we read in Luke, and we'll see it quoted here again, but in Luke, Jesus said, you go to Jerusalem and you wait. You wait until you're endued with power. Endued with power is the infilling of the Holy Spirit, is the Spirit of God. It's a separate experience, and we'll see that. It's a separate experience from being born again, from being saved. It's a separate Subsequent experience. Uh, verse 4 says, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. Which, he said, you have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. See, they were already born again. Jesus had already ascended to heaven. He had already... Uh, died on the cross, he was already buried, he already rose from the dead, they already saw him, they were talking to him, they're born again. They're Christians. And Jesus, when he talked to them, when we, what we read in Luke, they were already Christians, they, he was going to, the, to heaven, and he said, you wait. This is after they're born again. So he said, uh, you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now, Verse 6, Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, uh, It is not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. Verse 8, But you shall receive, what? Power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Notice, it wasn't before. They didn't receive power before. Jesus, he, they're born again. But they didn't receive power. Jesus said, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Does Jesus know what he's talking about? This is a subsequent experience to being born again. And it is not optional for the Christian. But, you know, if you look at the church world, uh, there's a whole lot of people that are Christians that don't believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, don't believe in speaking in tongues. It's not something that you take or leave. I mean, people do it, but it's not supposed to be. It's, it's not optional equipment. It's standard equipment. Jesus didn't say, you know, wait in Jerusalem. I'm going I'm to give you an option. If you want it, take it. If not, just go on. You'll be okay. He said, wait until you are endued with power. 
This is, this, he told the disciples, he, he told them, you wait, don't go out and start preaching until you're endued with power. Well, what if we're not endued with power? Well, he told us, and we'll read it here in a moment, he told us to go out and preach, but this is supposed to be standard equipment. Can you preach without it? You can do a lot of things without the right equipment. Right? You know, I, can, I could pound a nail into a board with a brick. I may get the job done. I may totally mess up the wood at the end, break the brick, mess up my hand, but I could get the job done. I might, but it's not the right way to do it. We're supposed to have the power of God as we're going out to be witnesses. Notice what he said. He said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. This is the gateway into the moving of the Spirit in the power of God in operation in this day and age. And we'll see as we get into it, the gifts of the Spirit save uh, tongues and interpretations which are distinctive to uh, the dispensation we're in have been throughout the Bible. All, if you look at all the gifts of the Spirit, uh, the power gifts, the revelation gifts, and then prophecy have been there all throughout in the Old Testament. You saw working of miracles, gifts of healings, gift of faith, the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning of spirits, prophecy. It's always been. But in this dispensation, uh, distinctive is tongues and interpretations. Tongues and interpretation was not before the Holy Spirit had come on the earth in this um, age. But this is the gateway where the Holy Spirit is not just coming upon. He's within and He comes upon and it's a different dispensation we live in. And receiving this is the gateway into the power that we are to walk in as Christians. This is how we're supposed to be witnesses. The gifts of the Spirit are given to us to operate in the power of God for whatever is needed at the moment to meet the need to be a witness to Him, that He exists and the supernatural is real. Amen. I'm excited about where we're going. So he said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, and in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. In Acts uh, 1.8 in the ERV, it says, But the Holy Spirit will come on you and give you power. You will be my witnesses. You will tell people everywhere about me in Jerusalem and the rest of Judea and Samaria and in every part of the world. Now if we look at Mark uh, 16, we're going to come back to Acts, so hold your place in Acts. But I just want to read you something else in Mark. Verse 16, this again, Jesus, before he left, before he ascended. Mark 16, verse 14, we'll just put it up on the screen. We're going to be in Acts for quite some time. It says, Later he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table. He rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they did not believe those who had seen him 
after he had risen. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues. Notice it says these signs will follow those who believe, not just a specific group. Not just ministers. Didn't say anything about the color of your hair. Just says signs will follow them, who, those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. If they drink anything deadly, that doesn't mean literally you need to take up serpents. Okay, there's twofold meaning to that. Now, if something you see at the end of Acts, Paul was bitten by a viper. It came, they, they were building a fire. It came out, latched onto him. He shook it off and nothing happened to him. So that means if something would come and bite you or attack you, you can believe you're fine. Number two, the Bible refers to demonic influences as uh, serpents and scorpions. And it says they will have, they will take up serpents, they will drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. So you, you will have dominion over anything deadly. This is not talking about us handling snakes in church. Okay? Because <laughs> people have taken that, and then, you know, people do it, and then some people die because they're, they're handling venomous snakes. That's not what we're talking about. That's not what the Bible's talking about. They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Notice this is believers. Now in verse 19, it says, So then after the Lord had spoken to him, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. Now, here it's not talking about them waiting but notice the next verse says, And when they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirmed the word through the accompanying sign. So that's later. That's after they received power, which is what we're going to read about here. Because he told them, you wait. <laughs> he said, don't go out and preach. But after they started going out and preaching, then the signs were there. Notice what it says, The Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. That's how it's supposed to happen. Jesus has not changed his method of operation in 2020. Men come up with a lot of stuff, but this is, how it's, this is what Jesus uh, said. The head of the church uh, said, you're supposed to go out, you're supposed to see these things. He, uh, he gave us spiritual equipment to get the job done. That's how it's supposed to happen. And that's what we're going to contend for. That's what we want. Anything else is not the command of the master. That's not his way of doing things. It, I, I, they're, 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 they're substitutions. The gifts of the Spirit are the equipment. And let's be honest, if they're in operation, they're supposed to be a, a sign to unbelievers. They're, they can be used in, in all different ways. It's as the Spirit wills. We're going to get into more of that as we, as we get into the series, but... You know, we're, we're talking about the infilling of the Spirit uh, specifically tonight. But just as an overview, the, the more you're dealing with unbelievers and you're sensitive to the Spirit and you understand the working of these things, then we can see them operate, all of us. This is not just in church. This is as the Spirit wills wherever you are. The supernatural power of God can come into manifestation wherever you are. The real power to affect a real difference in somebody. Don't tell me that will not affect their life. 
That's what God has granted us as His church. These are gifts He gave us. The gateway is being filled with the Spirit. So let's go back over to Acts. <clears throat> so Acts 1, uh, what we just read, we see Jesus is saying, You wait. Wait in Jerusalem till you receive this power. In Acts, uh, just a few verses later, Acts 1, verse 12... <clears throat> Acts 1, verse 12 says, Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey. And when they had entered, they went up, to the up into the upper room where they were staying, Peter, James, John, Andrew, Philip, and Thomas, Bartholomew, and Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, the son of James. To all the disciples that were left, you know, Judas Iscariot, he's gone, they're going to replace him. But, uh, and then these, and it says, verse 14, These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. So they're all there. The believers are there. Everybody who's anybody. There's not a lot of them. But they're there. And they're praying. All the disciples, the women, Mary, the mother of Jesus, with his brother, they're all there. And then uh, verse, or Acts 2, verse 1. Let's look at that. Acts 2, verse 1. says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a, a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there were appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all, everybody say all. all. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. All of them. So all the people we read about in verse 12, all the disciples, all the women, uh, Mary, the mother of Jesus, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. There are no people here in the early church that didn't receive the infilling of the Spirit of God. This was not optional. It doesn't say some of them fill, were filled. Some of them got filled with the Holy Spirit. It didn't say it was optional to some. Some say, well, I don't really think that's for me, and then left the room. It doesn't say that. It says they all filled. So if we're going to believe the Bible, then we need to believe that the infilling of the Holy Spirit, not just some, you know, obscure infilling of the Holy Spirit, but with um, the evidence, the initial evidence of speaking in tongues. See, somebody said, well, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I just don't speak with other tongues. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. It doesn't say the Spirit overtook them, made their mouth move. It says they gave, He gave them utterance. That means that the inclination, the, 
ability to speak, not the ability to speak um, any word, but the, the uh, inspiration is there. But you can stop it at your mouth and say, no, I'm not going to speak. It's, see, some people have got an idea that if, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you, the Spirit of God will just make you do something. God doesn't make you do anything. He won't make you get saved. He won't make you follow His plan. He won't make you speak in other tongues. The devil does that. The devil will take every... He'll take more than what you give him. If you, if you try to give him an inch, he'll take a mile. You don't give him any place. He tries to come in, kick the door down, and take over people and make them do stuff. God does not do that. So God's not going to make your mouth move. He's not going to make you speak in other tongues. There'll be something boiling up that isn't English. If, if, you, if you yield to him that isn't English, you just need to yield it uh, to speak it out. We'll get that more in a minute, I believe. It's just like, well, yeah, I'll go ahead and say this now. It's just like, you know, have you ever been, it's a, you know, maybe not a steaming hot day, but it's pretty warm, and you're near a pool, and you're going to the, you're, you're going to get, you're going to go for a swim, and you're dipping your toes and your feet into the water a little bit at a time. Well, you can do that for a long time and just, ooh, it's still kind of cold. Ooh, it's still kind of cold. Or you can just jump in, do a cannonball, go submerge, and then just get it over with. <laughs> See, that's what, when, when you're talking about these things, it's like, oh, I just don't know. I know you just need to jump in and go, just let it rip. <laughs> Yield to what's on the inside and you'll find more is there. Amen? Amen. So it's God that gives the utterance. You realize, you, this is, see, this is the thing. If you can yield to the Spirit of God in this area, that's how all the gifts operate. You don't get it all at once. The Spirit, you know, tongues interpretation, people think you just know everything that's going to happen. No, it's by faith. You know there's something there, and you speak out the first syllables, and you're speaking, and when you, you're interpreting, you may have a syllable, and you start, and more is coming. You're, it's real time. So as you know how to yield to the, the Spirit of God in, in speaking in tongues, it's the same Spirit that works in all these areas. It's how you're going to learn to yield, how we're going to yield to Him in these things, how you're going to know it's Him speaking to you to do, to, to fall in line with any of these gifts of the Spirit. Amen. Every believer can do these things. This is not for, now does God, it's as the Spirit wills. So God, does He work with certain individuals in certain ways? Yes, He does. Are there certain ministries that the Spirit, uh, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge are flowing through, or the gifts of healing? Yes. But that doesn't mean, some, may, some people may be characterized by certain things, and their ministries are, but that doesn't mean believers can't flow with them, and we should expect them. That's why we're teaching on them. So, we see verse 4, they all were filled with the, the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, we're going to look at several examples of, of people receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit then in Acts. Acts is, you know, this is, it says Acts of the Apostles, but really, uh, it's Acts of the Holy Spirit through the Apostles. And the Holy Spirit, it's what the Holy Spirit was doing in the early church. And the, the book of Acts didn't stop when these chapters were done. Was it 28 or 29 chapters that are in the book of Acts? That's not the last chapter, 28. 
The book of Acts is being written all through the church age and it's continuing to be written today. It's what we're doing. We are the church and we're to flow in the same things. These, aren't, th these occurrences aren't something that passed away. There's nothing you can find in the Bible that says any of the gifts of the Spirit, uh, being filled with the Spirit, passed away. It has not passed away. It's for today. We're either going to believe the Bible or we're not. It's for us today. It's for every Christian. But just because something's in the Bible and it's for you, it does not mean it automatically manifests in your life. Salvation's for everybody, but not everybody's going to receive salvation. Get the, the infilling of the Holy Spirit's for everybody, but not everybody's going to receive it. We have to take it. We have to say, that's mine. I'm, I'll take it now. You can live your whole life and not receive certain blessings that are in the Word of God. Healing is for everybody, but you can love God and die Sick in your body, even though God provided it for you. Anything that we receive from God, we have to take. He's not going to force it on us. It's there. It's a gift, but we need to take it. We need to say the Bible's true, and it's for me. And this is no different. Infilling the Holy Spirit and the, 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 the gifts of the Spirit, they're for us, but, but we need to take them. It's as the Spirit wills, but we need to believe God and believe He can use us. Because you can think, I'm disqualified. He can't use me. And you could have an inclination. You wouldn't even recognize it because you don't think it's for you. But the more we start expecting and seeing, we'll, and we start to know what to do to yield, we'll real, what they look like, what's going on, we'll realize, wait a minute, God's trying to use me here. And you might have to get over some humps in the flesh and realize what goes on. And learn some things, just like you do in every area. Learn how to ride a bike. You know, you probably didn't get up on the bike and just took off, and that was it. You maybe learned a few things. You maybe fell down. You got a, a, a scraped knee. That's okay. We just jump in and go forward, and we can receive and, and be expecting the things of God, and they will start to manifest because God is not withholding. God wants to manifest these things more than we want. He's the one that gave the gifts. He's the one that poured these things out on His church. And it's just up to us to say, that's for us. We're taking it and we will be conduits you can flow through. That's what He's looking for. There's, we're not disqualified. We qualify ourselves. Jesus qualified us, but we say, yes, that's in the Word. I'll take that. I'll flow. Hey, candidate right here. Use me. You can't make them happen. You can't twist God's arm and say, well, I want to see this gift of healing, man. You can't do that. You can always believe the word, but that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about God working as he wills, manifesting these things. But we can make ourselves available and say, I'm going to know every, I'm going to look in the word. I'm going to find out everything I can. I'm a candidate. God, you want to use me? Here I am. You have a, you have a volunteer right here. And he can do it through any believer. It's not going to just happen in these four walls. It's going to happen out with people that you're meeting. God may manifest something, and you, you pray with them, and they see a miracle. That will affect their life. That will affect the people that know them. You know, we may see something on a story halfway around the world. You don't know if it's true or not. You don't know the people. But I guarantee you the people in the family of the people that are affected, they know this person's been dealing with this for 15 years and it's gone. You can't tell them any different. Somebody else can say, well, you're making it up. I'm not making it up. I don't care if you believe or not. And there are going to be people 
There are going to be people that know people that, that know it's true. And they will be affected. Amen. Amen. You can't talk them out of it. You're like, I know this person before. I know them after. You can say whatever you want. You can call us a liar. You can say, but it's true. That's the way it's supposed to happen. That's the equipment you and I have been given, have been given. It's ours. So why haven't certain things happened? Because we need to take it. We need to believe it. We need to act on it. We need to be ready. And God is willing and ready, and He will back up His word. Amen. Amen. He will do what He said He would do. Praise God. And we were praying for these things on Sunday, and we're going to continue. We will contend for these things. You're not trying to twist God's arm. You're not trying to get Him to do something that He's not willing to do. We are cooperating with Him. We are vessels to pray these things out in the Spirit. You make power available. You pray things out in the heavenlies. They start changing things. They set up things for people to be saved, for people to be in the right place, for the the gifts of the Spirit to be in operation. It's not, yes, Jesus has done these things, but we're not Jesus. We're His body walking on the earth, and there are things that we can do to facilitate the moving of the Spirit of God. Amen. 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 We're all called to do it. And this will change people. It's gotten in the world. I'll try to stay on, I'll I'll say this, and then I'll get uh, back to what we're... Talking about T.L. Osborne went to, he, you know, he was uh, earlier in his Christian walk. If you don't know who T.L. Osborne is, go look him up. He, his mass evangelism changed, changed many parts of the world, uh, affected thousands of people. And uh, when he first went out, before he understood really the, the moving of the power of God and the way things what, what was ours as Christians. He went out and he went to India and as a missionary, and he was powerless. He went and he would preach to the people. And there, there were some Muslims. You know, they have Hindu, of course, but there were Muslims, and he talks about the Muslims. And he said, he would say, Jesus is the Christ. And he would, he would have his leather-bound Bible and so it, and, and, and you know, he had his Bible that was bound in, le- le- uh, the, in leather, and they would say, no, Muhammad, he's a prophet. And they would have their Quran that was bound in leather, and they had their glossy book, and he had his glossy book, and he would say, no, but Jesus is the Christ. And they said, that's great, he's a prophet, but Muhammad. And they would just go, in, he had no power to do anything. Because it's like, great, you have your religion, we have your, our religion. And that was it. And he went back defeated, back to the United States. He and his wife, and they got a hold. They were in a man's meeting and got a hold of the power of God. And they said, that's what we need. And they saw the power of God in operation. They were changed. They realized that they had the ability to, to, that they could pray for people and they would be healed. And they got a hold of it. And they started seeing things in their church. And it blew up so much, they started going around the world. And they went back to these places. And when they went back this time, they preached Jesus and they said, 
Yeah, fine, we believe, you know, but you're, they laughed at him. He, pray, he preached, and they laughed at him. And he called up, and he said, any Christian that needs healing, you come up here right now, deaf ears. And they got up, here, got up there, and he prayed for them, and they started hearing. And then he gave an altar call, and people flooded to the front. Because what happened? That backed up his word. You can talk all day long about philosophy, and in today's day and age, people say, oh, fine, you believe that. You're ignorant. You don't know. And you can talk to them, and they, you can give them the word, and the word's powerful. But we have to understand people's eyes, their minds have been blinded by Satan. And they've given in to, a, to the reasoning. And Satan is a master reasoner, and he's, he's clouded people's judgment and given them ideas, and they... They, people think they're, they're understanding certain things, but they're, they're deceived. And they don't see. And they look at truth, and it rolls right off them. And the power of God and the gifts of the Spirit are given to shake that up and to say, this is real. This is true. And that's how we're supposed to operate. And that is what is going to change people's hearts. People can reject it, but it will change people. It will change. People cannot deny the moving of the Spirit and the power of God. They can mock, they can scoff, but people know when it's real, and you can't deny a miracle. You can't deny healing in people's bodies when the word of wisdom and word of knowledge are flowing, and it reads somebody's mail. They can try to shut it down, but they know it's the word. They know there's something higher. This is for now, and it's for, it's for this time, for today. It always has been. But the, the tools that we go into war with have got to be the tools that the master, the commander of the armies of God gave us, not our man-made tools. They don't work. They don't work on certain mindsets. It's it's fruitless. But the power of God will always work. Amen. Glory to God. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, I think we're just going to wrap up there. I mean, the, the stuff I'm going to get into, I don't think we're going to have time to finish it. We'll, we'll pick it up next time. But let's just spend a few moments here. Praise God. Praise God. We're not going to just push through this, but we'll get into, I'm going to go through, I'm going to go through the, you know, different examples of, of infilling of the Holy Spirit in, the, in Acts and show how that was, and we're going to go through that, and then we're going to go further into the gifts of the Spirit. Praise God. But let's just spend a moment. When we come to church, we say come to church, we're the church, we brought God in with us. It's supposed to be meeting the supernatural in a different way. We are not supposed to come and check off a box. It's supposed to come that we expect the supernatural. We expect the anointing and the power of God to rest thick. You're not looking for, you're not looking for um, you know, goosebumps or flesh, but we ought to expect God to do what He said in His Word. Whenever we come, we expect the supernatural. We expect the presence and the manifest presence of Almighty God. We expect, expect the, the, um, 
the anointing. We expect the, the glory cloud to be manifest. You're not looking for stuff. You can't look for stuff. You don't make it up. But we should expect God to move. Amen. 